Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage of
if we're going to share a cup of joe today, I might recommend it be iced. Some sort of a frappe, iced coffee, rich beverage would be the perfect thing to be sharing around this table today. Um, but we've got a bit of a of a of a dark, uh, bitter cup to sip on today. We're gonna we're gonna delve deep. This is uh, an organization that I'm I'm so proud of, and one of the things I'm so proud of is that we have weathered so much of humanity's uh, most colorful uh, traits, if you will, and. Um, you know, we are all the culmination of every choice we've made, every person we've met, every relationship we've shared, and it's all on us. You know, people like to go, oh, I didn't have a chance because, and oh, I, you know, this and I that. But, you know, if you look at, at the exceptional people in the world and you look at their histories, you'll find that some of them were born into means, and others were born with nothing, and many of exceptional people in this world have overcome tremendous obstacles to get where they are. The same holds true with any organization, company, um, church group, you name it. Uh, the ones that are successful are successful because of the choices they made, the things they did, sometimes a bit of luck. One side or the other can affect things. Of course, we live in a world full of circumstance, but it's not the circumstance that makes us, but how we react to the circumstance. And so, again, my point being that the Human Solution is an amazing organization, more amazing than we've ever been, and I want to share a little bit of where we've been. Um, you know, we've been, we've been an active organization for coming on 10 years. In about three months, was it July, August, September, October? Four months, three and a half months, we will have, it will have been ten years since we organized into this uh, group that we are. And there's been changes through it. We've gone through one corporate name and another. And then, I, I don't know, I think it's almost four years ago, three years ago for sure, that we got our 501c3 status. Um, and we've come down a windy, bumpy, hilly uh, road full of pitfalls, um, fallen trees, viper snakes, and um, sand traps. Anything you can think of, we have been through it. And yet, as my advice has always been to those who struggle with human problems, we continue to shine. Um, I've been in a situation for the last 10 years that I, uh, I've been, uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, a reluctant leader. I, I now embrace my leadership abilities or whatever, the role that I'm in, but for the longest time, for many years, I, I didn't want it. But I kept finding myself being it because nobody else would. <laughs> and... It was never a matter of anybody, you know, was fighting over, you know, the leadership of anything of this of this organization. It was always people would be here, they would help, but nobody wanted to take the reins. And what that typically means is nobody wanted to take the blame. 
because that's what leadership is really all about is responsibility, um, owning it. And, and I think that that's what this organization has been able to rise above so many um, turbulent spots because we've always been able to own it. We've always been able to stand tall and say, no, this is who we are and this is what we stand for and we keep showing up. And so uh, we're going to talk a lot about this. It's going to probably be the next two or three or four or five, six shows we're going to get into these stories. And um, so first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share up this live feed. So, all right, to be part of this show, you can do it a number of ways. You can dial in, pick up your telephone, and dial 646-929-2495. And if you do that, your phone will be answered by an amazing woman by the name of Mary. And she is screening calls today, and she will ask you a couple of questions. And one would be, do you have anything you want to say? The other one would be, do you want to just listen? And if so, either way, it's good. She'll let me know what's going on, because we've got a little board here that tells me who's on, who's listening. And we go from there. The next way you can w watch it is uh, you can go on to Facebook, that toxic, vile place that I still find myself going to because of necessity. And right now, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to go on to Lisa Woldridge's page where I'm pretty confident. Oh, lo and behold, there is the live feed. So I'm going to share it on my page, my public figure page. With, that shares my name, Joe Grumbine. All right, there it is, successfully shared. All right, so you can watch it. You can listen to it. You can go to Blog Talk Radio. Um, there's a link been posted, blogtalkradio.com, and uh, there's, there's a link on Facebook there as well. And feel free to share it. And feel free to share it. In fact, please share it. This is something that, um, you know, we're a grassroots organization. In case you hadn't noticed, um, if you've been a part of this for any length of time, you'll realize that there's not much money floating around these parts, but there's a lot of heart and soul. There's a lot of willingness to change a difficult world. There's, we're, we're not one of these groups that likes to sit there and wagging fingers going, well, you know, if it wasn't for that president, and if it wasn't for that thing, and if it wasn't for that. No, we don't do that. We get out there and start working. We find what needs to be done, and we find the people that are willing to do it. We get out there and we show up. And we make it happen. We get her done. And that's what this is all about. I've been, you know, one of the things that has always kept me going in some of the dark times, and we're going to talk about some of these dark times, is that I'll get a phone call when things were rough. Somebody was spouting about some one thing or another. Oh, you know what they did. And then I'd get a phone call from somebody who would say, you know, I just wanted to let you know that my friend was in a bad spot and he found himself um, tied up in a law enforcement situation because of cannabis and somebody gave him a pamphlet or somebody told him to call in and when he did, the person he talked to actually picked up the phone and listened and actually cared and that was something that was so remarkable that it matters. And you gave me the 
strength, the, the, the courage, the, the, the hope, the, that warm, fuzzy feeling that lets you go on another day, whatever it is, that, but it was always something positive. Um, you know, we're the ones that have your back. That was what they said. They said, you know, I always felt when I got done that you guys had our back. And that's the truth. You know, the human solution historically, um, maybe not consistently with each person, as we're going to talk about, but historically as an organization, when the going gets tough, we've got your back. So if we did nothing else, as, as prohibition will one day find itself to be a thing of the past, um, we'll know that when the times were tough, we were there for the people going through the tough times. And uh, what the heck? Watch again. I don't want to watch again. I want to watch it at the same time. All right. Sorry for a pregnant pause. Anyways, we're going to have an interesting show today. Um, we're going to have some contests. Um, should anybody participate? We did this before where we had uh, some trivia questions, and if somebody has a trivia question that they want to throw out there, um, I've got prizes. i got all kinds of prizes. So um, I'll, I'll dig my hand deep into the bag of prizes. And anybody wins a prize, you'll get, you'll get a prize. Um, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to be randomly selecting. I have one page, two pages of names, and I'm not going to let you see it too much. But these are all names of people that have been or possibly still are part of this organization. Most of them are people that have been part of this organization. That most of these people in here were very helpful at one time. Um, some of them continued to be helpful. Some of them became very destructive. But we're going to talk about these people, not as the people. We're going to talk about these people as the story, as what they represent. So I'm going to try to tell this in some sort of a, a fable uh, um, uh, genre. I'm going to tell it without exposing who they are. Um, I'm not even going to tell you what sex they are. I'm just going to tell you, I'll give you a, an initial of some sort that may or may not be representative of them. Um, but I'll give them a marker that will stand in their place. And then we're going to tell the story about what happened. And then I'm going to tell an alternative story of what might have happened. And I think that since prohibition still rages, uh, we haven't accomplished our goal. And then I think to myself, why? Why haven't we accomplished our goal? For 10 years, some of the most amazing people I've ever met in all of life have come together for the purpose of ending prohibition. So why the hell haven't we done it? It still rages today as we sit here. Um, and then I think, okay, well, what happened to this person? What happened to that person? What happened to this person? We go through and we look at all these little stories and hopefully there will be a lesson if we talk about them in a, in, a, in a way that just represents what happened. It could be anybody. In most cases, there are more than one person that represent what happened in this story if you change, you know, the, 
the events even slightly. Um, it'll represent, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking about? It's a, it's a hot, slow day today. So if I get stuck, <coughs> bear with me. Um, all right, well, it'll, it'll come. There's a word that I'll just spit out at one point, and you'll go, oh, that's what he was talking about back then. I don't know what's going on with our feed, but it keeps telling me to watch it again. But maybe it's okay. I don't know. It says there's people on it, so I don't know. Anyways, hopefully the feed's still going good. Um, so anyways, what's going to happen is I'm going to start telling these stories. And if anybody guesses who it is I'm talking about, you don't get to say it out loud, and I'm not ever going to even expose it to the public. But if you get it right and you get it, that information to me or get it to Mary and she lets me know, you will win a prize. And it will be a cool prize. Whatever it is, I'll make sure it's, uh, it's something that you'll smile and go, wow, I'm, I'm glad I was paying attention. Um, some of these stories are going to go back ten years. Oh, boy, we had a rough, rocky start when we first got started. Uh, there were some very colorful people um, that came and went. And, uh, you know, there's a saying that people come into your world for a reason or a season or a lifetime. And uh, thank God for that. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of lifetimers. Um, most of the reasons come and go pretty quick. The seasons you have to endure, but um, there's always some good that comes out of, out of these, whether it's somebody that came into us as a result, a lesson we learned. You know, there's a, there's a saying that um, if you keep repeating yourself and expect a different outcome, that that's one of the definitions of insanity. And anybody who knows me knows that I will only do the same thing a few times before I'm like going, well, that ain't working, let's try something else. I won't stop trying, but I'm not going to just keep trying that same old thing. Except for fishing, I may go to the same fishing hole and, and keep trying to catch a fish if I think that there's one down there. Um, I may keep keep at it because sometimes persistence pays off. And when it comes to, you know, wooing somebody or, or whatever it is, I can be awfully persistent. So there's, there's limits to that. But when it comes to general interacting with people, um, accomplishing things, dealing with uh, general sociology lessons, if you keep doing something and it keeps backfiring on you, Maybe it's good to try something else. So we're going to learn some of these lessons along the way. I'm going to randomly close my eyes and go blink, and that's the person I'm going to I'm going to begin telling the story of. And um, I'm not going to tell you any point of reference of time. I'm not going to tell you any uh, anything other than hopefully uh, a, a veiled story that just has the message. All right. So again, we're on a mission to end prohibition. Cannabis prohibition, that is. Um, we live in a world where people are like, oh, we've already done it. It's all but over. Well, um, let's talk about that for a second. You know, what about CBD? Anybody know anything about CBD, cannabidiol? It's a non-psychoactive uh, element, cannabinoid, of the cannabis plant. It is one of the many, one of the 400 or some compounds, of which we don't even know what most of them are, but we know this one. Um, 
Some say that the FDA has determined that it's non-psychoactive, therefore it doesn't qualify under Schedule 1. Others say it's Schedule 1. It says so right there. Um, I just saw an article, and again, I don't know its point of reference, but it seemed to be pretty current, that there's a shop in Missouri that just got raided, and it was just like if it was a regular dispensary. Uh, they sent undercover agents in to buy items that said CBD. They tested it for CBD. And then they came in and they seized all the product. Well, that doesn't sound like it's legal in all 50 states to me. What about you? Um, you know, there's so many companies out there. We can do this. We can do that. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. When people ask me, is it legal, I'd say no not legal. I says, that doesn't mean I won't do it. I'm clearly an outlaw, and I've never had a problem being an outlaw. Because when a law is bad, it should be broken. Go ask our founding fathers. You know, I encourage anybody to, to study the lives of some of the people that, that founded this country. Uh, I'm still uh, reading this book about George Washington. And uh, again, were there flaws in these people? Oh, hell yes. Were they incredible people? Oh, hell yes. Did they have some thoughts that I share that involve our love and right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Oh, you bet. You bet. There is something about the notion of law-abiding and being righteous, that just can't live in the same room. And I listen to all sorts of different uh, news agencies looking for, and most of the time I'm looking for the comedy of it all. You know, you look at one news agency and they tell one story, you look at another one, they tell a totally different story, you look at a third one, and yet a different story. And you think to yourself, somewhere in all of these very conflicting uh, tales is what actually happened. Um, you know, we don't know. But what we do know is that there's a lot of finger-wagging people out there that talk about the law. They talk about, well, we have to change the law. There was one, one discussion I saw, and I don't remember even where it was at, but it was about Jeff Sessions and his, you know, uh, vehement hatred of cannabis and his willingness to do whatever it takes uh, to shut this down. And there was somebody going on, wagging their finger and going, oh, that Jeff Sessions, he's such a bad person, and blah, 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 blah. And then another person came along and said, well, he's doing his job. He's following our laws. If we don't like these laws, then we should change them. And then I think to myself, and I go, what fucking hypocrites we all are. Because we decide when we're going to follow a law and when we're not. Everybody does. The states do. They violate federal laws all the damn time. We got sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, and we got medical states and recreational states, and we got states that violated federal speed laws, and oh my God, you can go on and on and on. We don't give a goddamn about the law when it suits us. But then when you go and start talking about, well, why don't we 
stand up against that law. Oh, well, we just must vote. <laughs> we must pass a law. And that's the only way. Here, sign the petition. And you know what? How is that working out? It's working out for a few rich fat cats. It's working out for the people that have the lawyers that could put layers between them and the acts they're doing, like it always has. But there's still people getting gunned down right and left. I just wonder when we're going to decide that this is important enough to get off of our asses and do something about it. You know, when is it going to be important enough for us to act? You know, there's so many people that call themselves activists. But the core word of activist is act. And sitting here typing on Facebook is some sort of action. I'm not saying it's not. But what if we were all to say, let's do something else? Because clearly that hasn't worked. All the Facebooking in the world has not ended prohibition. Passed some terrible laws, a bunch of them. There's still people getting locked up. There's still people losing their property. There's still people losing their freedom. There's still people losing their jobs. There's still people losing their kids. This is all a direct result of what? Let's hear it. Prohibition. It doesn't have anything to do with a single law or another. Well, here's Craig Cecil, currently serving life in federal prison for what? Cannabis. Let's see what he has to say. We're working on the truck of cannabis. You have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. Where's the call it from? Right. Cecil. It's inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hey. Hello, Craig. How are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Welcome from um, FCI Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> well, I... Uh, I'm assuming it's probably pretty hot and muggy where you're at, but I'll bet you it's hotter where I'm at. <laughs> no, I understand you folks are sending, setting some records there well above ours. We've cooled off. It's only in the mid to high 80s. Oh, my God. I think it cools off at that about 3 o'clock in the morning around here. It, it, we, we, we've been up uh, today. We capped out at about 109, I think. interesting is, is with all of that hullabaloo, if you actually go back and look at the Earth's history, this is nothing. The Earth has done this every 100,000 years or so um, like clockwork. It's, it's what it does. It gets really cold and then it gets really hot and then it gets really tempestuous and you know what happens? There used to be continents in places there aren't anymore. Imagine being around for that. <laughs> so... I'm not too worried about it. Well, about the only thing in the news is uh, the investment community seems to be looking more and more seriously at marijuana, and I'm pretty excited about that. I think the uh, emerging markets in Canada have a lot to do with that. Yeah, there's a couple of articles that I, I was looking at. Um, one is that uh, the stock market in the state uh, obviously – uh, there's issues with um, publicly traded companies in the state, but they're getting into the, the Canadian exchanges. 
But you know what? Another thing that I saw, which was interesting, and I, I haven't had a chance to bring it up yet, but some of the Canadian investors and the Canadian, um, you know, cannabis uh, business owners are actually being denied access to come over here to the States. Well, I, I think uh, a lot of businesses here are still afraid of what the feds, you know, might suddenly do, you know, a sudden change in policy because their policy right now is they don't really have a policy. They just have a practice of leaving the states be. But that could change, you know, at, at any moment. And I, I think a lot of people are kind of kind of on edge about that. Yeah, what, what the history in the last... Uh I don't know, five or six years, probably almost ten years, is there will be a statement or a memo that comes out of the Attorney General's office, and there won't be any law backing it up. So people will act based on these memos, and then the federal government every once in a while starts flexing their muscles, and they say, whoops, that doesn't count, and we're going to go ahead and take you out and take you out and take you out, and then when... They try to bring this up in federal court. Of course, the judge will say, "Well, these memos are not law, so it really doesn't it doesn't matter." And you know, as we we sit here right now with these, we we have a law that has uh, cut off some funding, but it hasn't specifically uh, made policy about the the DEA and cannabis. It just supposedly uh, restricts the funding of specific actions where states are acting legally with their state law, which has nothing to do with federal law, which is really kind of a conundrum. But they come and do what they want when they want, so people just don't know. They don't know what's going on. Right, that, that law, I think they call it the uh, Rohrbacher Amendment. It, I believe it's named after one of your California congressmen. Oh, yeah, Dana Rohrbacher, uh -huh. yep. Yeah, he's a... He represents it basically reads that uh, the federal federal money should not be spent to prosecute somebody that's legal under state law. But unfortunately, there's been a few you know situations where they have done that, and the courts haven't you know stopped the prosecution. So it's kind of all over the place, and we we need a real law that you know says that this is a state matter, leave it to the states. Period. Yeah, yeah, we need to take it all the way and just end this prohibition. There have been also cases, or at least one case that I know of, uh, with uh, the Kettle Falls case where the, they actually threw out the conviction because of that um, policy change. So there, there, has, there has been some positive um, action that has happened, but certainly nothing that really is a true precedent. And, you know, I, there, are, there are cases that happen that are currently underway in Colorado and California and Washington and, um, you know, all over the place that, uh, you know, you just never know how it's going to play out. As you know, um, when the federal government decides to put their thumb on you, uh, they, got, they can press pretty hard. And there's not really, you know, you have this legal, uh, uh, you have this arena that you can go through these processes but it's stacked against you. I mean, it's a, the ability for an individual to get their case heard by the Supreme Court, if the appellate court doesn't hear it or doesn't rule in your favor, 
is very limited. I mean, the Supreme Court doesn't doesn't hear a whole lot of cases, and certainly not little personal cases unless they're going to affect a lot of people. Right, right. And they, as you say, they only take, I believe it was 27 cases last year for the whole year. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that doesn't, you know, get a lot of review for that many people. No, no. And, and you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, ignorance about our, our government and the way it works. Because I deal with people all the time that are fighting cases and they're going through, they, they lost their appeal, or, and then they're like, well, that's okay, we're just going to go to the Supreme Court. And I think to myself, you know, that's a that's a, a noble and worthy thought, and I would certainly have it too. But you know, what what would make you think that your case would qualify for the Supreme Court to 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 hear it? I mean, like you said, there's a handful of the thousands and thousands of cases that get submitted. Uh, there's literally a small handful that ever get reviewed and and uh, uh, ruled on. Because right now, prisoners are kind of depressed. There, there was a couple of acts in Congress that they thought, you know, might lead to, you know, possibly a reduction in mandatory minimum for drug sentences or might even result in, you know, some people here with ridiculous sentences getting a little bit of relief. But our Congress now seems to be stuck in, you know, that they won't address the important things, but they're, they're you know, seeming to chase after all kinds of things that don't really matter, like, you know, press conferences overseas by the oh, president. Yeah, the, 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 the dysfunctional government that we have right now um, is, is, you know, probably unparalleled. You know, the last four terms, the last four presidencies just seem to keep getting worse, and I'm not talking about the president per se, but both houses of Congress um, in, in conjunction. You know, when you have in, in three or four different swings back and forth where the president and both houses of Congress have had, you know, a, a, a solid majority, in, and yet, you know, by such a slim margin, and everything still gets bogged down. There's still nothing happens. I mean, we, 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 we watch over and over. There's all these arguments about this and that and the other thing, but, you know, what real policy changes are happening other than executive orders? You know, we keep seeing executive orders from one thing to the next, but when was the last time Congress really flexed their muscle? When was the last time the Senate got out there and said, you know what, we need to have a united front on this and make something happen? It just doesn't. And there's so many important matters that the Congress really needs to you know, um, needs to settle once and for all, like all these immigration questions out sure. there, which everybody knows that the immigration law needs to change, but they won't just stand up and do it. Nobody will do it. Nobody will, nobody will say, okay, we're either going to enforce our policy as it stands, or we're going to change it and then enforce that. But what we do is we, we have this policy that's, I don't know, 30, 40 years old as it stands, or... Well, Reagan had a big change at one point, but it wasn't really substantial. It just was a big immunity. Um, but even then, our policies have been somewhat enforced from time to time, and when it gets enforced, it pisses people off. When it doesn't get enforced, it pisses people off. Why not just stand on, on, one, on one thing and just say, okay, this is how it is. We're actually going to do it. 
I guess that would but make what sense. I really want, what I really want to see now is a push. I believe we're, I think it's like 99 days away from the election right now, or <laughs> somewhere around that. But who's counting? <laughs> But I want to see all the congressmen, because everybody in the U.S. House is up for re-election. I want to see all of them forced into making a, a statement that, you know, yes, I will vote for the decriminalization, or no, I won't. And, I mean, they, they need to make that stand, and people need to make them make that stand. If they won't vote, let's call it from a federal prison. At least let, you know, the American voter decide if they want to vote for that representative or not. Well, a couple, I don't know if it was four or five shows ago, I went through uh, the congressional website, and I typed in marijuana and cannabis, and there's, I don't know, there's about seven or eight bills currently in committee right now that would directly affect prohibition and how it stands, and every single one of these bills keeps dying in committee, and it's because one or two or five people are just, you know, they're flexing their political will and they're not letting it go through. But if, if these congressmen who are being paid as they were elected to represent the will of their district, if they would actually do that, I, I'm pretty confident that at least one of these bills would start moving forward and that we'd at least be talking about a vote and having it move from one house to the other. Nothing. These things just sit and, you know, you go to congress.gov and you look at the history of these things, and they just sit stagnant. They're not doing anything. And and I, like I said, there's a there's there's a half a dozen of them at least. Um, and a couple of them are very powerful. They would give the states rights. Um, in, in in the federal government would acquiesce to the states' right with regards to Schedule One and and cannabis. But you know, like I said, they all stall out. Nobody is is doing enough in the states that really should be flexing their muscles are the ones that already passed these laws, the ones that would be affected federally by it. But they're not. And, I, you know, it frustrates the living hell out of me. Well, I look at the same thing. There's a whole bunch of bills up there that fall under the title of criminal justice reform. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and some of them, you know, go to trying to reform some of the mandatory minimum laws, which have you know, some horrible effects on so many situations. Uh, one situation that I know Amy champions all the time is there's so many wives and girlfriends and all that that their significant other uh, is a drug dealer, and all they did is answer the phone and hand them the phone for a drug dealer or something like that, and it traps them into a conspiracy conviction and a 10 or 20 year mandatory minimum. I mean, that. That sentence simply does not fit that crime, if it's even a crime. Well, you know, it, it that's what Amy went through herself. And what did she spend, 14 or 16 years? I mean, a long-ass time, and it wasn't anything she even did. You know, even even if it shouldn't have been a crime to begin with, it wasn't. she didn't do anything. And her husband uh, pled out and ratted on everybody, and, and, and he got off cheap. Well, and as you know, in my own case, I argued that I never handled, I never bought, I never sold. You know, I had nothing to do with marijuana. My company repaired trucks for a Florida company which hauled marijuana. And that, they say, you know, made me guilty of being part of their conspiracy. And, um, 
the, the top people in that trucking company because they testified against them. They, they didn't serve any time in prison at all. But uh, everybody else in my case went home years ago, and uh, here I'm a, on an outside, you know, connection to these people, and, and it, it bore a life sentence just because there's something wrong with our sentencing laws. Well, that was already the first piece. So I want to get to the most important question. How the hell is the softball league going? Well, as you, as you heard from me before, I, I want to put a congressman. I, I want everybody to contact their congressman, both their senators and their House members. Uh, get online and, and just put out there, what is your vote on the marijuana issue? Do we really want the federal government to keep competing with the states about this? Or are you going to make a stand? How are you going to vote if we can get this up? The, the congressmen all need to make a stand, and really the, the voters all need to, need to force them to make a stand. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I uh, You know, we need to start flexing our, our muscle, and we need to start leaning on these people that we keep electing. And um, I, I hear silence. So Craig dropped off again as happens, you have 15 minutes, 15 minutes to talk, and um, it's kind of sad. I think we're having issues with our live yeah, stream. Yeah, I think so it's Facebook. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post one now, too. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be streaming live now off of my public figure page, and two, one, and we are live. All right, well, we'll see if this one sticks. Um Anyways, we've got a lot of people on the line right now, and um, I'm going to get into some of these stories. So let's see who, let's, let's, let's take a caller, then I'll tell a little story, and then we can take a caller and I'll tell a little story. Uh, Glenn Keeling has a story that needs to be told right now. And hey, Colleen, um, Glenn and Peggy went to court. And I understand, based on something I saw, that uh, um, they didn't drop it. So let's see what's going on here. Glenn, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. Good to have He's Good to be on tonight. Thank you. Um, yeah, they didn't drop it. They are set it for a trial for September 7th, which subsequently is absolutely the day right before the medical program is supposed to open in Ohio. Um, <laughs> we, it's kind of crazy how it works out that way. Um, we do have a motion hearing on the 22nd um, where both the attorneys are making the motion. We, I, I don't know if I can say a whole lot, but there's some things that happened in the case that we found out that weren't supposed to happen or kind of lied um, so they're going to suppress a few things and get some things, you know, put out, and hopefully this will turn and, and get everything dropped and thrown out because at that point they won't have anything. So we're we're hoping for the best on these next couple of uh, motion hearings that we're going to have. It's not set in stone the September 7th trial date, but that is a starting time for right now. Um <clears throat> They did ask us to waive our speedy trial, um, and that was in order for 
and it was in order for our attorneys to gather more information, get the um, professional, the, the, the ones with a bunch of little net numbers and letters behind their names that the courts will li- actually listen to. So <clears throat> everything, is, is, but we got to come home. The bond and everything is, is remained the same. We're able to medicate. Uh, again, that just throws craziness to it that we're going through a cannabis case and we're allowed to medicate. But they're saying you can go ahead and continue using cannabis while you're being tried for using cannabis. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, it, it... it, it amazes a lot of people. I mean, this is a first. There's there's a lot of firsts in this case. It, it's kind of just really crazy, you know, and that being one of them, you know, being able to medicate going through a cannabis case. That's just unheard of. I mean, it's, it's never really happened. It doesn't happen. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's some positives to this, even though, I mean, in the end of it, at the end of the day, you, you look at the numbers, and 54 years for somebody is a pretty scary-ass number, you know. Um, so we just hoping that the attorneys do their jobs the way they're supposed to. The professionals say what they're supposed to say, how they're supposed to say it, and the judge likes it and cuts us loose. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, I understand that you have kind of a secret weapon, um, and I don't know if it's kosher to talk about it but um i won't i won't talk about it but um based on what you told me it sounds like you have uh uh an ace up your sleeve when it comes to this assuming the judge is going to allow uh it to be brought into it but i can't imagine it wouldn't although i've seen everything so you know it sounds like this judge is being actually quite reasonable by allowing you to uh, continue to medicate and um, allowing you to remain out OR when they they had threatened you with uh, all kinds of horrors. So um, yeah. you know the fact that they didn't jack your bail, um, they didn't put you back in custody, and the judge is letting you uh, medicate while going through this case while being on bail. All of those things are are remarkable. Um, so certainly positive things as the judge has a lot of uh, leeway when it comes to these things. Right. It, it, it is it's a blessing. We, we've got a lot of good things on our side. You, you know, the education is the first and foremost, you know, um, you, you, you know, you say that Pete says a lot. We, I say it almost every day, you know, educate yourself and know what your laws are. That way you know that you are within the law that you're allowed to. Um, you know, it's kind of sucky. God damn, and it's shitty that adults have to say that I'm allowed to have or I'm allowed to. That, that's just, it blows my oh, mind. Oh, I know. Damn. I'm right there but, with you. It, but, you know, it is, it is, you know, really nice. And I will say that according to the prosecutor telling the attorney that both Peggy and I have received over a hundred letters apiece. Woo-hoo! So that that is huge. That the letter writing campaign, I'm telling you, you know, it helps. It works. They do see them. They do take notice. So I'm 
keep writing letters, people, and, you know, not just for us, you know, there is somebody somewhere that needs your letter. So find somebody and, and write a letter. Just write a letter. It, it's as simple as that. Go out and support somebody. If you need support, reach out. You know, I, I mean, God, it's, it's a simple, it's very simple. It's very easy to do, you know. Um, a humbling thing, having to ask for help and, and, and reaching out. But it's got to be done. We all have to stand together and fight for the same thing. I mean, I said it last night on Pete's show, and, and it re, and it's true. Every person that's sitting at them tables, defendant-wise, is not only sitting there for themselves, but they're sitting there for everybody else that partakes and that is part of this. It, it, it is a, it's a huge thing for everybody to support somebody. And, and man, I'm, I'm glad that we have support. Well, let me ask you this, and this is really important to me. Um, did you have any supporters come out to court for you? Yes, we did have some court supporters. Um, and I was really happy about that. Uh, of course, my, my our mother and father, my mother and father all come out, um, and we had a couple other people show up. It was really surprising. Uh, Dustin Mutter, I want to say thank you. I don't know if you're watching, but Dustin Mutter came out of the blue and, and showed up. Um, Tony Sill, thank you very much. You guys both, you know, kind of really it, thank you very much for supporting us. Well, I hope everybody had a ribbon on, and I hope you got some pictures. I will upload some pictures here shortly. Because, you know, that's here. I'm I'm about to install my ribbon. I changed my shirt just before we started. This little <laughs> ribbon right here, the Solidarity Ribbon, as you all can see, has made a difference in a lot of courtrooms all over the country and in other countries. Um, at very least, it brings attention to the case it brings attention to the supporters, and if it did nothing else, it it, it has a unifying effect. When when I've been, trust me, I've been on both sides of it. I've been a supporter and I've been a defendant more than once, and I have sat in a defendant seat and um, in shackles, sitting there at the at the at the table with my lawyer to one side of me and uh, the prosecutor on the other side of me. And I was sternly told, in, in no uncertain terms, do not turn around and address the audience because the courtroom was full. And I don't listen very well, as you might imagine, and I did turn around <laughs> just a bit, and I got yanked back. But when I did turn around for that second, they couldn't take that away from me because I saw a packed courtroom full of people wearing these very same ribbons. And I tell you what, you know, when you get drug up from – downstairs of Long Beach Courthouse, uh, it's the shitty, darkest, nastiest place I, I've ever been in, and you get drug up there in shackles, and you get, you're pretty, you're pretty feeling low, <laughs> it's, it, there's, there's not a lot of goodness going on, when you turn around and you see that you got people standing in your court, um, you stand a little taller, you sit a little higher, and it gives you that right. will to keep on going, um, it makes right. a difference. It makes a difference, and I've been on the other side of it, and I've seen the look of those defendants' eyes when they see us sitting in the courtroom, and it it makes a difference. So, um, right. I'm really pleased, and I and I really um, 
and, and, and pleased with you guys, with your leadership out there, and you've been able to uh, start rallying some people. I certainly hope um, Bobby Rodrigo uh, has been connecting with you. I, I'm about to hold his ass to the fire pretty sternly. Um, it looks like we're having some weird connection issues today. I just got cut <laughs> off again. So we'll just keep pumping um, it up. Hopefully enough people will call in and, and nobody's going to miss the show. But um, we, we're we having a, 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 a feed issue right now. Um, all right. Well, Glenn, um, as always, um, I, I'm – I am in your court in a way that, um, you know, hopefully you you understand. And um, I know that you understand the value of these people that are standing by you. And um, I, I'm confident that the right thing's going to happen. You have um, a unique set of situation that's going on over there in Ohio. And it's a unique opportunity to, to rally together a community, and I think that um, you're making a lot of headway at that. So um, let's, let's just keep on marching. Right. Oh, yeah, I, there, there's a huge – I mean, uh, Stacy Swanson-Cross, she just joined on, but she she's a big support help. I, I thank her. Richard Rosabello, he, he's a big help. Um, Mike Weiss, he has reached out, and, and he is helping out a lot. He, Pete Yaple and you, I mean, Human Solution has been a huge help for us, and, and and I absolutely thank everybody for help that they have given. And, and you, you know, you've got to reach out. Somebody, you know, we're here. You can find me on Facebook. Name's Glenn Keeling. I manage and run the uh, Creative Care Beacon, the International Human Solution International Ohio chapter. Find me four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight. Awesome. Well, Glenn, I just launched the second feed of this uh, thing. Hopefully, um, people will just realize that we just got to keep bumping in, and hopefully, one of these will stick and stay for a while. So, um, I I, I'm very much uh, grateful that you're staying the course, and um, you know we're making a difference out there. That's one of the things that happens. When somebody stands their ground, and you know, with 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 Peggy and all the the health issues that you both are dealing with, um, to stand your ground and to fight a case against all odds like that, um, it, it hopefully is inspiring enough to get some folks to get out there and and really uh, raise their hand and say, hey, wait a minute, I I'm with these guys. So that's that's really kind of the big secret. That's that's. The thing that works is you get this momentum going when you get enough people that care about a scenario, regardless of what it is. But certainly um, in this situation when you're dealing with uh, people's lives and a so-called justice system and some really bad laws and even worse, people that are inappropriately enforcing laws, um, time to take a stand, people, time to take a stand. All right, Glenn, well, always a pleasure, and, again, I'm honored to be uh, fighting alongside you, and we will keep going until we win. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me on. You betcha. All right, Glenn Keeling, folks, with the <clears throat> Creative Care Beacon chapter of the Human Solution International in Ohio, fighting a case and leading the charge at the same time. Again, um, something that uh, – 
some of the founders of our of our country might have considered doing themselves, leading the charge, well taking fire themselves. It's uh, it's it's definitely a thing. All right. Um, so we got a bunch of people on the line to speak, and I got a few stories to tell. I'm not going to burn the whole show up without telling some of these stories. And like I said, this may take five or six or ten episodes to get through it all. But the question is, why hasn't the Human Solution International ended prohibition? Because we haven't. And I believe that we, through our history, have had enough people and the right kind of influence, and at least once removed, if we were to connect our dots of everybody that has ever been supportive at one time or another, and then everybody that they influence, let's go out one time removed, I am absolutely confident that we could have ended prohibition by now, possibly worldwide, but certainly in America. So the question is, why haven't we? What happened? What happened? Why are we still fighting this? Well, we're going to hear some of these stories. and uh, But first, we have an election coming up. And I'm going to get to what the heck is going on with that election. Uh, so well, I'm going over here to thsintl.org, which is our website. All right, thsintl.org. And, oh, lo and behold, there's a button that says 2018 Elections. Let me just read it out for you. This is where we're at today. We have oh, there's one update I need to put in it. So I will I will verbally put the update in and then um uh you guys can all see it. So here's the deal. It's twenty eighteen and that means that it's once again time to renew our commitment to lead and choose our leadership team for the next two years. The positions and nominees are listed below. So for President and CEO, myself and Pete Yaple. For Vice President, we have Pete Yaple, Glenn Keeling, and Lisa Wooldridge, who currently sits as Vice President. For Treasurer and CFO, we have but one, the only Becca Nichols. And if you're going to run against Becca, you best be qualified, because she certainly is. Secretary, currently we have Pete Yaple, and nobody's running. So um, we'll see what happens there. Chairman of the board, I sit alone. Now for the board members, we have currently uh, five board members plus chairman. Um, and so right now we have in the running for board, Becca Nichols, Pete Yaple, Peggy Kimmel, Glenn Keeling, Lisa Wildridge, Laura Roberts, and non-compliant Mary. Now there's been a couple of others that have half submitted their member their nomination, but they didn't tell me what position they were looking to be nominated. So um if you want to be part of this team, you got to get with the program. Go on. Oh, we actually have the position now. So we've updated. Good job, Becca. Thank you. Go to the page, thsintl.org. Click on the elections, and there's your name, your email, name of the nominee, yourself or another qualified nominee, and the position that you're looking to nominate. Um, and you can nominate yourself for as many positions as you want. Um, now, what's the requirements? Once again, 
you need to be a current member of the Human Solution International, and you need to have been a member for the past two years. If you are not a member for the past two years and you still think you're qualified to run, let us know. Let us know why. Let us know how. Let us get to know you, and we'll vote in it. Either you'll, you'll qualify or not. We have the ability to put a variance in. A couple of the nominees right now have not been members of the Human Solution for more than two years, but they easily qualified to run for these offices. So, again, it's all about making sense. Who can vote? If you are a card-carrying member, that means you are currently an active member. That means either you've paid your dues or you qualify as a Hardway member, or you are one of the few lifetime members that we have. Other than that, I'm sorry, <laughs> you can't vote. You can support us, you can love us, you can hate us, you can be part of us, you can sit and watch. But you have to be a member in good standing, active, to have a vote. So we finally have the, um, the page available. Hold on, let's go and let's find that. I'm, once again, on thsintl.org, and let's see what we got going on here. Oh, donate and membership. Ho-ho. Here we go. We have, we offer memberships at various prices to fit everyone's budget. Your membership helps us maintain the website, print educational material, and more. We are fully volunteer and run with no paid staff. All money paid through donations goes to... The Human Solutions Mission, and there's a place to make a donation. You can donate for a 420 membership, um, and then we also have a family 420 membership for 6.30 a month. You get the whole family involved. So, I know I thought it was going to be 7.10, 7.20 or 7.10, whatever. It doesn't matter. We got 6.30 for some reason. It's hot out here. It's all good. That's how it is. That's how it's printed. That's where it is. And we got our basic membership for $15 gets you a year. Uh, associate member, $50 gets you a year. And sponsor member, $100 gets you a year. And, of course, you can donate anything you like. Uh, what do we do with the money? Well, mostly we print up brochures and educational materials, um, jury nullification, postcards. Um, we'll make a banner every once in a while when we're out representing. We've printed a few T-shirts. Um, the website, and that's about it. Um, there's been times we've done specific fundraising for individuals and, and specific cases or events, um, but those are all on a case-by-case -case basis. So generally speaking, um, we operate the Human Solution 501c3 at the lowest overhead that I've ever known any organization ever be able to run. We have zero admin costs. We don't make money. Us, the leadership, those doing the work, we don't get paid for it. We do this because it's important. It needs to be done. And we will continue doing it until we get it done. So we're asking, please come and help. We could definitely use some help. Um, getting this message out, we're, we're unlocking some major doors. Pete Yaple is... Uh, uh, taking us very far with the potential to reach literally millions with this uh, public access TV network, and we're learning every day, and we're growing quickly on that. So that's exciting, and Pete will be talking here really quick. 
All right, so here we go. We're going to get to some of the nitty-gritty, dirty, uh, dark, and, and truthful accounting of what happened. Why haven't we won? Why haven't we beat this? Um, and there's so many reasons why. But most of them are human nature reasons. Most of them are really uh, tragic flaws. Um, it most of the time boils down to um, people's personal beefs. Um, the willingness that people have to walk away rather than stay and fight. It's so easy to walk away. It's so hard to stay and fight. I swear to you folks, I have stood up on this mountaintop and had people throwing rocks and daggers at me from all sides. And after my case was over, there was a couple of times when I thought to myself, why in the hell am I staying here? And then I'd get a call from somebody that was locked up, or I'd get a call from somebody that was fighting a case, and I'd go, oh, yeah, we haven't finished the job. We haven't ended prohibition. And I frankly believe that it's not going to end until we decide that it needs to, until enough of us, enough of us decide, you know what, let's do this. Uh, let's put our personal issues aside. Let's put our egos aside. Let's put our hatred aside. Let's bring out what we have inside of us. Let's bring out our best cards. Um, it's so easy to say, well, I can't do this because that guy, that girl, that couple, that whatever, that's the easiest and weakest thing that anybody can do. Well, I'm going to go do my own thing. Well, that's what everybody did. How's that working out? Oh, yeah, we're still living with prohibition. So all the the people that have gone on to do their own thing and all the little splitters and all the other groups and all this and all that and all the other thing and all the Facebook, here we are. We've still got cannabis cases. We still have prohibition. We still have asset forfeiture. We still have people losing their kids. We still have people losing their jobs. We still have people losing their property. What have we gained? We've actually gained bigger lies. We've gained people that believe that they're okay when, frankly, anything could happen. Any single person that grows their plants, that makes their little products, that has their little shop, their little delivery service, whatever it is, Every single one of you is at risk, whether you believe it or not. I keep seeing it happen. I keep seeing it happen. Now, here in California, the state is, the, the what you have at stake is seeming to be less, but if the feds ever step in, they can do whatever they want. So we got to remember that. All right, so we're going to jump in the time machine. I need some sound effects. God dang it, where's my sound <laughs> effects? I, I need some Friggin' sound effects. When we first started this show, I had put together a bunch of sound effects, but I never got anybody to help me. I have the ability to play audio clips. I could play any sound effect that I want, but I don't have any. So, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. I hate that tuba, but here we are. Got the damn tuba. All right, so imagine the time machine. Close your eyes. Get to your happy place, plug it in, see the lights flashing and the bells whistling, and I don't know, I'll put a flux capacitor on there just for fun, shove some garbage and stuff in there and watch it go. Shoom! All right, we are now 
10 years in the past. It's now 2008. I was fighting my first case. And there was a guy by the name of Ronnie Nalls who was also fighting a federal case. And um, we decided to get together and try to raise the money to help out with our lawyer bills because we didn't live in a world with GoFundMe. We didn't live in a world with Facebook, give me money and I'll just, like, do whatever. We actually had to hustle. We had to um, humble ourselves. You know, Glenn brought up a huge point. Um, One of the hardest things I've ever had to do was to make it known that I needed help. Uh, I would have never been in a position in my life where I needed anybody's help before. I uh, moved out of my parents' house before I turned 18, and I never looked back. I've always been self-sufficient, self-employed, self-reliant, and I've not always thrived. I've gone through plenty of rough spots, but I never was beholden to anybody. And when I got hit and I found myself locked up for the first time in my life, I found that I needed people or I wasn't going to get out of this. I couldn't think of any way, and I'm pretty damn resourceful. (laughs) Anybody who knows me for any length of time knows what I was willing to do to make this happen. Uh, But everything I could think of was falling so far short. And I had an attorney that was going to represent me for not a lot of money comparatively to what most of the other ones had charged, um, but it was still far out of my reach. He was willing to accept weekly payments. I paid him what I could every week. Um, But we decided to have this fundraiser. We called it a Freedom Fighters fundraiser. And uh, we put it together with the members of my uh, uh, collective and a couple of people that Ronnie knew. And a couple of people, a few people worked very hard to make this happen. And we had some music. We had a couple of bands come and play. And we had some people speak, and, and, and we had uh, um, some vendors, and we took our backyard and we turned it into the Freedom Fighters fundraiser. And it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. It was the first time I'd ever, um, you know, put the word out, blew the horn. Um, I had my my collective, my dispensary, Unit D, and and we had at the time, I don't know, over 3,000 patients that had, uh, you know, come in and participated, and uh, we put the word out to them, and we did everything that we could think to do, and uh, we made something happen. I learned very quickly that it's not easy raising money doing fundraisers, though. I think total, uh, we ended up banking like 1,200 bucks. And there was probably, I don't know, 20, 25 volunteers that put in hundreds of hours to make this happen. Uh, There was um, just a colossal effort put forth by everybody connected. And when it was all said and done, you know, 1,200 bucks split between two people to pay the lawyers didn't add up to much. And so, as I've told this story many times, it's, it's, 
the truth about the history of this organization. Um, before or when this was all happening, um, I had gone to a bunch of different organizations and asked for help. And I'd gone to all the ones we know and some that we didn't know. And they all gave me a place to talk, but none of them knew what to do. I thought you were legal, they said. I thought you were okay. It's like, yeah, I did too, but uh, go tell that to the DA. <laughs> uh, Pacheco was his name in Riverside at the time, and he was a Nazi, and his, his goal was to shut down anything that was cannabis-related. Uh, again, you know, their offer to me was seven years on a first-time offense, and uh, this wasn't even sales charges. This was possession with intent. <laughs> there was, they didn't even have, I hadn't even been raided yet. This was the first case. Anyways, when it all comes down to it, um, every time I'd go and speak at one of these events, and I'm not a public speaker, well, I am now, but I didn't used to be, um, I didn't want to do this. But I didn't want to go to jail either. I'd already been there, and I didn't want, didn't want to go back. I, I, I didn't want to lose everything that I'd worked my life for. I didn't want to, um, you know, have a felony on my record didn't have one before, I certainly didn't feel that I deserved one. And so whenever I would go and speak at one of these events, at least one person would come and, and talk to me afterwards, somebody I didn't know, somebody I'd never seen before. But they listened to what I had to say, and they said, you know, um, I appreciate that you're coming out here. I appreciate that you took the time to share your story with us. And um, I think that we need to do more, and this group that I'm with, you know, is great and all, but um, I, I really think that, you know, let me know what I can do to help. And over a few months, um, we finally got together at uh, a guy's house, and I can't remember how many of us there were. I think there was about seven or eight of us, but... They were all little bits and pieces from different organizations. And uh, we had called us the California Coalition or something. I don't even remember anymore what we called ourselves. But we, we agreed that we needed to uh, get together to do more. And this was before there was a human solution. This was before the Freedom Fighters fundraiser. This was before all that. And so when we came together um, and, and we met Ronnie and we, we got started with this thing, um, you know, we felt really good about it. We had we had we had brought people together. We had shared this mission, this vision. Everybody was wearing these green armbands at the time, and I told that story about the evolution of the ribbon. We we didn't have a ribbon yet, and we were wearing these armbands as a sign of solidarity, and we felt united. We felt strong. We wore them proudly. I, I remember walking by people and looking at these silly green armbands that we were walking around with, and we would, you know, we, we, we felt strong about it. And, uh, you know, it was a warm summer day when it was all going down out here at Willow Creek Springs. And um, when it was all said and done and we looked at the take, we, we decided that maybe what we had started was worth carrying on. And I'll continue telling the story, but what happened was after, I don't know, a nine- or ten-hour session sitting on my big patio, 
a big long table. We agreed that we were going to form an organization, and we agreed that the mission of this organization was going to be to end cannabis prohibition. And the reason why we decided to end cannabis prohibition was because it's the problem. We didn't have a name yet. We were we were just identifying what's up. Why are we together? Why do we care enough to be sitting here and, and, and trying to join forces and people from all different organizations, all the ones you know and some of the ones you never heard of? And we said to ourselves, cannabis prohibition exists because of lies, because of deceit, because of darkness, because of greed, because of power, because of all the things that we think are prickly and nasty and dark and gross. And what would be the answer? How could we end it? Well, if people just knew the truth, you know, education, if people would just know that, wait a minute, you know, this is not a bad thing. All those things that they told you, it's not true. And we decided, you know what, this is worth it. If we could come together and educate people and show support for these people and do it loud enough and strong enough and careful enough and well enough, it would spread, just like the disease of prohibition spread. And it would be easier because it's good. And, and, and I believe people are inherently good. And I, there's exceptions to all that. There are bad people. But I think that most people, in my experience, I've met a lot of people. I've been around a lot of people. And trust me, good people can do shitty things. And bad people can do good things. And I've watched both happen, and I've been flummoxed. I've been frustrated. I've been... But what I finally realized at one point was you just keep shining. You just keep shining. You just keep doing what you know is right. Pete said it on his show the other day, yesterday. He said, just do the right thing. We know the right thing. The right thing is to stand by people when they get victimized by this drug war. And the right thing is to educate people about this plant, about people's rights. And if we do it loud enough and long enough, we will end prohibition. It doesn't matter what the law says, people. When we decide we don't want this, it will not be. I don't know why everybody gets stuck. <laughs> Find a petition, please. Okay? That's not necessarily going to end it. Go to any state that passed a law and still has cases. Look, talk to Glenn Keeling. Talk to Steve and Maria Green up in Michigan and all the other cases in Michigan. Talk to all the people in California. Most of our cases that we've supported for a long time were in California. Talk to me, for God's sake. Talk to Chris Williams. He had a state license place up in Montana. Oh, yeah, did federal time. It doesn't matter what the law says, folks. It matters what we say, and that's what we can change. We can change the ignorant minds that are out there. By ignorant, I mean ignorant. I mean just don't know. There's a lot of brilliant people out there that are ignorant as fuck, and we can change it. It's happening. 
It's not happening fast enough, and it's not going to happen right unless we happen it. Let me tell you what's going to happen if we don't do this. What's going to happen is we're going to live in a world where there are Nazi regulations that will allow a few rich people and a rich company to control some messed up market, and there will still be a lot of people that will not have access to this plant the way they deserve, and people will die. And that's what's going to happen if we just keep passing our stupid laws the way we have been. Sorry. That's what's happened. I've seen the future. (coughs) Remember, I have a time machine. It goes both ways. All right. So the future that I see that I choose to create is the one where we end prohibition. We just end it entirely. We stand up and we fight. We show our support for anybody who picks up a case. We turn it into a big deal. We get a media campaign. We get people in the courtroom. We protest out on the street. We make it known that it's not okay anymore. It's just not okay. I don't know. Why don't we try that? Just say it. Why don't we try it? All right. So I got more and more people that want to talk, and I let everybody talk. I only got 39 minutes left, for God's sake. Help. Uh, All right. I'm going to tell one goddamn story, and then everybody else gets to talk the rest of the time. We got Stacy Swanson Crafts, one of my favorite nut jobs in the world. She's going to talk. Love my Stacy. We got Tanya Sanders from Ohio. She's going to talk. We got Laura Roberts. She's currently running for our board. She's going to talk. We got Creed Leffler. He's going to talk. Hey, Creed. We got Pete Yapel. He's got some. Amazing news to share with us. We got Bob and Colleen. And, of course, Tom Corby will be along at one point. We're going to cram that into 38 minutes and 21 seconds. So I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to drop my finger. And where it lands is a story. Oh, no. Oh, where'd you go? Uh, I got a guess. No, no, no. I'm going to go one below that. That's too long on a story. All right. So this is a story about two people that I love dearly. Um, They're amazing people. Um, And I'm just going to call them M and B. And I'm not going to tell you if they're boys or girls or one of each or each of one. I'm not going to tell you how old they are. I'm not going to tell you anything. I've already given away a clue that I love them dearly. (laughs) That's actually probably true with most of the people on this, um, my love has nothing to do with with why we haven't ended prohibition. Um, these people have been very, very, very supportive. Um, some of the kindest, most loving people that I've ever known. And when we were, I think it was our very first Freedom Fighters fundraiser, uh, they supported it. They they brought a booth together, and I didn't even know them at the time. Uh, they came out and they, they donated items for our raffles, and um, at a time they, they had a, a local shop, and uh, they gave us a place to even go and um, do educational uh, little, little workshops. Back Way back when, before we were a 501c3, Back in 2013, which I just dated this, but it's all right. Most of you don't even know anything that's going on with this one. Um, 
there was a, a bill that was the Respect States Marijuana Law Act of 2013 that Dana Rohrabacher had submitted, and it would have given uh, states' rights to decide what they wanted to do. It was a brilliant law. It was five lines, and it was the first time I'd ever supported a piece of legislature, ever in my life. But it was elegant, it was beautiful and brilliant, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to bring awareness to this sucker. So I was out there, I showed up at the at this shop, and um, I, I tried to teach people about it. Um, I got people to sign up to, to learn about it. I did everything I could. Uh, encouraged. We did a letter-writing campaign. Um, we did a massive campaign. Again, this is pre 501c3, so we were able to do what we wanted back then with regards to legislation. Um, you know, I hit a big wall. I was very frustrated with it, but um, these two always gave me a place to be. Um, I believe very strongly that if they got the importance of this mission the way I get it, that they would have stayed committed to this mission. And they're still supportive, but they're not active members. They have never voted in an election. Um, I think one of them might have come to court support once or twice, but they have other things to do, as so many of us do. We all have lives. We all have things that are important in our life. We all have things that can take up as much time as you could imagine. But we can make this important enough to get the job done. Even for, I guarantee if I had six months of everybody's dedicated time and willingness to follow and, and create a plan together, we could do it in six months. I know we could. But that's, that's where it kind of fell apart. Um, we used to host regular meetings with our headquarters chapter, and uh, they would attend. When we'd have an event, they would attend. But um, that kind of fell apart. It hasn't fallen apart. It just hasn't been active. It withered, I should say. It's probably a better word for it. Um, so let's look at the converse of this. That's what happened. Not a lot. It was certainly not a dark and nasty story like some of these are going to be. But... It's a letdown. It's a it's a deflated story. It's a story of what could have been. These are these are people that are passionate. These are people that are passionate about things, uh, about a lot of things. But they've chosen to be passionate about things other than this, which of course everybody has a right to do whatever they want. And I su I support their passion in whatever they do. Again, I love these people uh, deeply. But if they were to take their passion and turn it towards this for six months, I believe strongly that we could kindle up. There's enough energy between the two of these people that they could help me light this thing up in a way maybe it's never been lit up before. I, I believe that it's only going to take a couple of people to really help me put the fuse on. If you ever know anything about dynamite or nuclear bombs or whatnot, they can't blow up by themselves. They need a little cap. They need a an explosion to get it going. They need a, a blast. And that's how it is. You know, we've got 
all of this giant powder keg that can make this happen. We can knock this wall down. We can do it, but we need just enough of a blast to get it going. And that's what these people could have been, could still be. I never give up hope, but um, if you guess who these people are and you get that information to Mary or me personally, you will win a prize. And thus we cross off one story. Again, this is a, one of the, the least saucy stories that you're going to hear. There's some, there's some real juicy ones in there. Um, all right, so let's go on to a call. Uh, we got, we're going to do Tanya, then Stacy, and then Laura, and then Pete, and then Bob, and then, of course, Tom Corby will wrap it up. So, again, we got 31 minutes. I'm going to have to get my little cattle prod out and start uh, zapping it along. So, here we go. There you are, Stacy. You are live on the air. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good evening. How are you doing? Okay. How are you? Sounds good. I'm fantastic. I'm above ground breathing and currently out of custody. Me too. <laughs> All right. So um, what do you what do you have? I didn't get to hear the whole show last week, but um, I, I didn't really call in to complain. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, well, let, let's let's talk about last week's show because I know that you have some strong feelings, and I have some strong feelings that I set aside for for the sake of the show. And and here's here's why. And and you and I have talked about this before about rising above the crap and yes. and and staying in the current and dealing with with what do we have at our fingertips today that might make change. And the reason why. I didn't delve into any of the stuff that I could have and that a few people were very vehemently a little pissy about um, is because I look at this from a point of what can we do today? And what if, let's just take it to this place, what if everything she said was 100% true and what if she was willing and able to get elected to that seat and what if, she was able to do those things she said she would fight for. Would Kansas be a better place? Yes. There we go. And that's where but I, I stood. <laughs> okay. I know you don't. I know you don't. And you know what? You have a reason not to trust her. But here's the thing. Every single one of us has something that somebody could say, I wouldn't want them to be there because of that one thing or another. And then you think to yourself, look at the motherfuckers that are in office today. All over the yeah. country. Look at them. And you know what? They got there regardless of all the crap because they forged on and they got it done. And they got that office and they're hard to get out. Okay, so that's yeah. the way I look. If you get into this political arena, I think you need somebody that has um, – the, the driving force, the ability to get in there and 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 trudge on through some ugly stuff, I think Sarah has that ability. Again, I'm not going to throw the first stone. You're not going to throw the first stone. None of us are because we all have our shit. But that's why I, I, I firmly believe that if enough of us could <coughs> shake
take off whatever we have wrong with this. You know, the beautiful thing about being human beings is, is the concept of redemption. We always have the ability to say, you know what, today, today I'm going to start doing this. All the people that have fought with, struggled with addictions, struggled with um, um, personal hatred, um, whatever stumbling stone that gets in front of us, every single day we wake up, we have that ability to say, you know what, today I'm going to put that behind me and I'm going to start walking forward. And I don't know how it works, but we have that ability to rise up past wherever we came from and whatever we've done. So that's my and story. I think that's and, I'm and I think that's exactly why I called in. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and you know, I, I, I had a lot of people say a lot of things to me when you were putting up all those posts up there. And I said, you know what, we're going to do what we do. And we're going to not let those posts sit up there. We're going to give an opportunity for everybody to call in. And let's, you know, let it cool down for a week and let's have a conversation about it. And then let's get back to work and let's focus on the mission at hand. And you know that's where I was going to go with this. <laughs> well, I called in to comply. <laughs> I appreciate it. And as I've always said, I love you a lot and I'm grateful for all of your chutzpah because, you know what, if we didn't have people willing to get up there and stir the pot, it would all settle to the bottom and get burnt. And that's the same energy that she used when she was talking to Glenn and Peggy. I know. And helping them and I know. motivating them, and that's the strength that you need. Exactly, so exactly. Shout out to you, Stacey. Yep, yep. You got a lot of love on this side, so just, you know, remember that. And that's the thing is we remember what we're here to do. We remember what we can do. And a lot of these stories are going to be like, like the one I just told. It's not that these people weren't wonderful people. It's that... They let it go. And, and and if they were helping the way you're helping today and the way I'm helping and the way Lisa's helping, we'd be one step closer to winning this damn thing. And that's that's yes. that's what it's all about. I still have a, a, had an outcome on a case I haven't heard yet today. There's meth in Colorado. I haven't even heard the outcome on that one today. So I've got two cases. Okay, well, let me know but, when, when you do. Because I know there's still a number of cases in Colorado, and I, I hear bits and pieces of things, but I really <coughs> haven't heard. Um, I, I haven't gotten engaged with with um, uh, with anybody recently uh, on a case in Colorado. Oh yes, yeah. then I'm sure there'll be new cases in Oklahoma with the laws changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there will be a lot of new cases coming up. You know that that's going to happen. Yeah, All right, Thank you. I very much appreciate you calling in and being a part as as you are able and um I uh I look forward to working with you a little more closely. Thank you so much. And you, everyone have a you nice betcha. All right, Stacy Swanson Crafts from Colorado, formerly from Kansas, still sort of from Kansas. All right, we got Tanya Sanders from Ohio and uh, I don't know Tanya Sanders, so let's see what she has to say. Tanya, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Joe. How are you? I am fantastic. Hey. Um, yes, I had been talking with Glenn, um, and I Good. had talked to Peter last night on his uh, show. I had called in. Um, oh, wonderful. I had told a little bit of my 
sorry, I had told a little bit of my story last night, and he wanted me to give you a call tonight and maybe share some things about my story and what I'm trying to do to help Ohio and the patients here, Perfect. you know, that are suffering every day. Absolutely. Well, as as you can see, um, we're really low on time, but if you can do this, and this would be wonderful, if you can give me a, a one or two minute outline, and then I'd love to schedule you as a guest, um, a feature guest for next week's show. What do you think about that? That sounds awesome. Thank you. I'd really appreciate it. Excellent. So why don't you give me in a minute or two um, an outline of what you want to talk about, and then uh, we will put you up and you'll get a full segment to talk as long as you want to about this, and hopefully we can be helpful in uh, engaging it. Um, you know, I do have a, a story. Um, it's a horrible one. But I'm trying to, you know, forget that part of my life. I'm trying to move forward for the patients of Ohio, um, the United States. You know, people need to hear about this. They need to be aware. They need to be educated. Um, I was afraid for so long to even try it. Even though I was on all that high-potent medicine that I wasn't afraid to take because the doctor said it was okay, you know, I was afraid. You know, people shouldn't have to be afraid. Um, they should be able to ask their doctor openly. They should be able to talk to people about it. You know, we're stuck back in the prohibition part, and everybody's afraid. It has saved my life. It has given me my life back more than any of that medicine I was taking. You know, uh, I just, I want to stand up for the people. I want to speak out. I want to show people my story, um, show them, you know, What's it, what's it going to hurt to try? You know, if that's the last option that you have, you know, it's, it's not for everyone, and I know that, but people need to be given that option. You know, chemo patients, hospice patients, everyone. Well, I think we're going to have a lovely conversation next week because I've got some ideas of my own about that. And I think you did actually. We we have we have talked before, haven't we? About a year ago. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I have never well, called in or did anything like this. So. North Carolina, I think it was. I apologize. I got a okay. teeny little That's brain. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Tanya, I very much look forward. Well, if you can do me a giant favor and um, sure. give Mary um, your contact information. Or, or have okay. her give you um, a contact so that you can send me a little, uh, a little bio, a little uh, tease about okay. you as a guest, and I'll put that up in the feed for the show. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. And, you know, I came out with my story like two weeks ago. I finally broke it open for everybody, the world, and I've had nothing but support from all my people around me, my family, my friends. Ohio's been supportive. We just need to work and move forward. And thank you. Absolutely. Well, I think we're we're uh, we're definitely uh, of like mind with that. So let's uh, let's expand upon that and let's bring it to life. All well, right, Tanya. Well, I all right. Thank you, you so much. Again, short on time, so we're going to move forward. But uh, next week you'll get a full segment. Sounds like a date. Thank you. Well, thank you, Tanya Sanders from Ohio, folks. Okay, let's see. we got Laura Roberts. Now, Laura Roberts, uh, I've known for, sheesh, I can't even remember how long I've known Laura Roberts for, but for a long-ass time. 
And Laura Roberts is a is a person who um, has done some things for me that very, very, very few people that I almost couldn't imagine anybody doing. And there's a couple people in the world that have come up for me in in, in ways like that. And ah, they killed my video again. All right. Well, we're going to start it up again. Um, but anyways, in my most dire time of need, um, Laura came forward and sacrificed in a way that, um, you know, I'm still trying to pay her back. Little by little, I will. One day I'm going to say, you know what, we're square. But the point is, um, there are people that talk, and there are people that do this and that and not this and not that. But when the going gets tough, people show their true colors. And Laura Roberts um, has stepped up and done not just one time, but over and over and over again showed her dedication as um, a kind and caring, a dear and true friend, and uh, has never um, betrayed me or the organization, has never been anything less than 100% supportive. Um, and she's gone through enough of her her own dark times that, you know, you can you can do what you can do. Sometimes people can do a lot. Sometimes people can do a little. That doesn't so much matter as just knowing that there are people um, that are made out of the right stuff. Anyways, I'm starting to ramble. I'm sort of stalling for time while I fed my live feed. Here we go. Take three. All right, the live feed is live again, and there we go. I don't know. We get these days every once in a while. All right, Laura Roberts has just moved to Idaho, who, where I've been once or twice, and um, she is a candidate for our board, and she's going to tell us why the heck we ought to vote for her. Laura, welcome to the show. Hey. Hello. Woo. <laughs> hey, I love you guys, and I I can say the exact same thing about you, Joe, and I told you at one point that that was the best investment I've ever made in my life, and that still holds true because you're the person that walks the walk, you talk, you walk, you do all of it. Even when it's been difficult, you've been there for other people. And so, you know, that is what the the core people in this group that have stuck by it, that have stayed with it, because funny enough, the people I met you through, I don't think either yeah. one of us talked to most of them. So, a- yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, I'm still here because I still believe in this. And I still, you know, there's this core group of people still willing to just fight, you know. Yeah, it's getting legalized, but that's not what we want. We want it to just be... And the prohibition, it's re- just so retarded. And every time I hear something new, you know, it's just like, oh, my gosh, I still got to get back involved. And so, yeah, the last few years has been like a freaking roller coaster. And um, I finally, you know, I'm in a place, a much better place than I've, I've ever been for, you know, for quite some time now. And um, 
truly believe in this plant, I mean, Joe and several other people in the Human Solution have seen me on prescription drugs, and it ain't pretty. And so the fact that I am once again off of them, I don't take anything. Once in a great while, I still have to take an ibuprofen, but that's it. And I'm not taking the mood-altering drugs and all that anymore. I, you know, like I said, just about everything. The two things that didn't happen, I didn't get arrested, and all my kids are doing great, praise the Lord. So, I mean, other than that, pretty much everything that can happen in a person's life has happened the last, I don't know, five years. (laughs) So... You know, we still have this fight, and I want to be more involved again. And, you know, I have not been able to be too involved, you know, um, the last few years just because of circumstances. And, you know, so, um, but I do want to say that even if you're doing the smallest thing, like sharing all these posts, you know, with your friends, with your family, with, you know, sharing articles, sharing people like Craig Cecil and stuff like that. That's even if that's a small thing compared to others, that's a huge thing. I mean, any little thing that anybody can do is counts. So, you know, I mean, I know some people want to be up there and on the in the front and, you know, doing 20 million things and belonging to 20 groups and blah, 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 which is great to see more of those groups actually work together. But the problem that I've noticed generally in life lately is the me agenda. So even with the Facebook thing, if it's, you know, if it's good for me at the time, I'm all about it. But then the next day I'm all bitching about it because now I'm not, it's not me agenda. It's somebody else's me agenda. So, you know, we have to sometimes give up ourselves. And the other thing that's really aggravating to me is the they. Hey, folks, there is no they. It's we. We the people. We are they. So we have to quit going, oh, they'll do this or they'll do that. No, we have to do it. Still. I love it. And so, yeah. And so. That, um, well, you certainly qualify um, for your nomination. I think you've been a member longer than, uh, uh, certainly than most folks. And um, your commitment to this organization has always been very strong. And, again, you get it. You get what this is all about. It's not about one case or another. It's about ending prohibition. It's about finishing the job. It's about freedom. You know, it's really, that's really what it all boils down to. It's about freedom. Why why not Why not let us have that? <laughs> I don't know. I can't give a good reason. Yeah, everybody's always saying, well, if it's not hurting anybody else, well, hello, hello, hello. My using a natural medicine that helps me certainly doesn't hurt anybody else. So exactly. Well, Laura, I, I very much that you got a chance to call in, and I welcome you to be a regular out here. I love to hear your voice. It's really great to hear you. You've obviously um, done a lot of healing. You have a, a lightness to your yes. voice that is, is really good to hear. Um, so. I, I'm short on time today. I'd, I'd, I'd give you another 10 minutes if I could, but I got to cram four more people into 12 minutes. So um, we're going right. to well, get. All right. Well, I'll come back next week, too, and I'm going to do a little bit of a video on one of the f- Facebook pages we have, um, you know, so people can get a little more idea of it. So. I love it. You can feel free to share it on my Facebook page. 
I love you all. You fight on ribbon heads and don't give up. Just keep on going. You betcha. All right, Laura Roberts, once again from Idaho, and she is nominated for our board with elections coming up in September. All right, so we got uh, Pete Yapel up next, and then Bob and Colleen, and um, I believe I see George Martirano on the board. I Luckily, I, I know it, but um, I know Mary's going to jump in there and, and talk to him for a second. Um, so Pete Yapel, Pete is uh, chapter coordinator of our Solidarity Over Separation chapter in New York, and he has been pioneering at lightning speed. We talked about... Uh, his dragster he's been riding, and he gets a little sideways sometimes because he's going so darn fast. But he has been able to get our message into more markets than I think collectively we've ever done all together. So without further ado, Pete Yapel, welcome to the show. Good evening, Joe. How are you doing this evening? I am fantastic. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? Hey Mary, hi everybody. Hey Liz. Uh, listen, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're on fire. I guess that's the way to look at it. Um, we've got a lot of irons in the fire. We could always use help. Please, if you're in the New York area and you want to do something, I, I, I mean, to benefit the community, please let's do things. As Joe says, we has been saying, and and, and it's part of what we're trying to do. Everybody is. We've been banging our heads against the wall the same way for the same – and where are we, like you're saying? Where are we? And when people start to say, oh, well, this state's got this and this state – listen, we are nowhere until we remove cannabis as a Schedule One plant on this controlled substance. We're nowhere. I don't care what states do. I don't really care. It's not. It doesn't matter because people in states are getting busted. Just like you're saying earlier, people are getting busted in states for CBDs that are supposedly 50 states legal, and, and all this. Listen, it, it won't change unless we make changes, and we have to go about them in different ways. And the true different way to do it, I think, right now. Is, is that we need voice. We need number, and we need people to stand united. We preach all the time how our group's got to come together, and nobody can be egotistical, and you know, yada, yada, yada. Christ, I've got a company that you know, I associate with the human solutions. You know what I mean? Like, I mean to me, they go hand in hand. Whenever I mention the Human Solution International, I mention – or Can We Talk. Whenever I mention Can We Talk, I mention the Human Solution International. Why? Because it, 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 they, they work, they, they, they coexist. You know what I mean? Uh, any of our groups out there have to understand one thing. Any cannabis group you have, every member in your group is susceptible to being thrown in prison for the cannabis plant. And at the end of the day, whose group is to be there to support you and to help you but the Human Solution International? It's, it's the one I know. I don't know of another one. If you do know, please let me know. I'd like to just at least look at them. Um, but when, you're, when the chips are down and people need, then we do. You know, and, and, you know, and that's, this is the next thing, people. Do. Just do something, man. Do something. I don't care what it is, but please do something constructive. We have to get 
Joe, Joe made the perfect point to everybody. We sign all these petitions, we do all this, that, the other thing, but we can't get we can't get this thing to pass through two committees. It goes through one, goes to the other one, stalls and dies. It's nothing. All that is is a tactic the government uses. They know it's going to happen before it happens. It gets the hype up. It shuts people up for five minutes, and then it goes and it gets swept under the rug again. We have to just start, you know, we have to start demanding things, not asking, not asking for permission. Will you allow me to? No. No, it is my freaking God-given right to use anything that this planet grows. And if the planet grows it, why can't I use it? So I just think that we all got to find – we all have got to get to the point now where we make absolute uh, uh, true change and true things. Like like, like Craig was saying before, right here, I was saying that on my show last night. I mean, everybody always asks me what you can do. Do what we did when I was, you know, let's, let's, let's not, not even when I was. Let's just go back 20 years when people knew what pen and paper were. When you picked it up yeah. and you wrote a letter or a note to someone, you put your name on it, and you could write it in cursive at the bottom because you knew we were taught it in school. I mean, let's get back to the basics, and that's the stuff, because like, like Glenn said, they're going to read those letters. But if you send them 600 form letters that all read the same thing with a signature at the bottom, they can sit back and say to themselves, well, how do we know somebody didn't sign 600 different letters? Just write a letter for Christmas sake. I mean, what can I do in the community? Write a letter. How about that? That's, one, that's a homework assignment for every cannabis activist and advocate in the, in the world today. Let's all get up tomorrow and write a letter to someone that can make a difference. That's my challenge to the cannabis community. Anybody listening to this, I'll share it. I'll get on and make a Facebook post about it tomorrow because that just seems to be how everybody seems to have to communicate is through Facebook. But if that's the way I got to do it, I'll do it. And I'll get up tomorrow morning, and that will be what you see when you wake up is my, my disheveled hair all over the place begging you to write one letter to a congressman. And if you can do that, then bravo. I think that we can get a – 60% of America? That's a lot of people writing letters. Well, I'll take you up on that. I'll have a letter written by tomorrow, and i got to get out Excellent. of here early to a meeting, and I'll have one written before I leave. Excellent. And I know you'll take the challenge, Joe. That's one thing I can always say about you. Whenever you challenge me, I jump on it. Whenever I challenge you, you jump on it. And that's what it's just about, people. Let's work together, man. Awesome. All right, Pete. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, your two cents, and uh, we've got a shortage of time. But everybody, I got a magic button. I brought my time machine with me today, so I'm going to actually stop time in this arena, and we'll go a little bit long, and then I'll let time resume um, when I'm done. So don't worry, everybody will get their chance to speak, and uh, but we just got to keep it concise. So Pete, I appreciate everything you do. Um, let's uh, give us the closeout. Uh, uh, how, do, how, does, how does everybody reach you? All right, everybody, please take the time to go and look at our webpage, www.canawetalk420.com, not 420, 420.com. Go there, check it out. There's all sorts of stuff. You'll even see Joe on there. He's one of our industry associates. Or if you need me personally, call me, 845-522-3162. Excellent. Thank you very much, Pete Yapel. Solidarity over separation and 
<coughs> so many other things. <coughs> Excuse me, pardon me. All right, we got George Martorano. Um, we've got Creed Leffler. We got Bob and Colleen, and we got Tom Corby. So we're going to go to Bob and Colleen first because they've been on hold the longest, and then we'll work our way through it. We'll get uh, George, and then uh, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. So remember again, we're going to go until everybody has their chance to speak. Anytime we do a show and I have more callers than I have time, I will nudge you along to be uh, concise if you can, even though I'm not very good at it. I will uh, encourage you to be better than I. All right, so Bob and Colleen, you are live on the air. Welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. Uh, thank you for having us. Um, I, I've just been listening. I, I wanted to start off with a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm going to keep it short because I know you got all your callers. Um, I was recently researching the growth of cancer throughout history. And, you know, we know that cannabis became illegal in 1937 basically, but they were still doing studies on lab rats up until 1974 with shrinking tumors until they, they stopped that. And I was looking at just the, the growth of cancer throughout history. And in 1920, it was barely nothing. Up in, in the chart only shows between 1920 to 1940 to 1960. So like, I can't get the exact years, but the year when cancer spiked, to it started, it, it started in about 1940 is when it started going up from like basically nothing to everything and this is all a money thing what's going on out there the pharmaceutical companies and the paper companies william randolph first you know they had so much money invested in making all this paper and stuff out of trees. And I'm watching these logging trucks drive down the road, and I'm thinking, how beautiful would it be to see hemp in the back of them trucks going to a processing plant? It's a whole new economy, you know, without the medical. Yeah. But I, 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 they don't care about human life. They're, you know, besides the people that are losing their children and losing their freedom, there's people that are losing their lives. We all know somebody that has had cancer or has died of cancer previous to this knowledge that has really been withheld from us. You know, it, it, it's sickening. I agree. All that does is, is validate or, or amplify the idea that education and support. Oh, yeah, that's how we exercise our mission, yeah. education. I'm so support. grateful. I mean, I literally, I feel like I was dropped off by Satan himself in your backyard one day, you know, just left there to die. Didn't even know you. Uh, you know, never met Joe before in my life. I think it was like 2011. You know, they were just stay in this guy. You know, just stay in his backyard and you know, die. You know, and I wake up. I had that ileostomy bag. I'll never forget. It with you know, it just it would explode on me every night. And I wake up and and your your wife had just washed all my clothes and had them folded before I even got a shower, washing the stuff out of me. And you guys invited me in like family and showed you know true human compassion more than the. Or, or I mean, any medical facility, they had given up on me. I weighed 90 pounds, I think, at the time. You know, proud to say I weigh almost 200 pounds now. And I, I don't take, you know, any Crohn's disease medications. Well, there's nothing to work on me. But Yeah, what I take is my cannabis oil. But the sad part is I've had to get off Facebook over all this. Like, because, I mean, literally, I went to visit my mom in Indiana one time, and Homeland Security had showed up in her driveway. And we're, you know, trying to, you know, I'm like, you know, they're like, we've been watching your Facebook page. And I'm like, is it really that serious? I'm just trying to stay alive. Because I took a picture of a plant. 
But I'm also yeah. thinking in my head, okay, Jimson weed is perfectly legal. People can eat it. I mean, if that's what they're worried about is people with substance, they're not worried about people with substance problems is what I'm getting from this. They're worried about the money they're going to lose from the pharmaceutical industries. Exactly. When, if, if this, you know, if this did happen, they're, they know how much money the pharmaceutical industry is going to lose. Because I could already tell you they've lost probably millions of dollars for me and my insurance company for me not seeing them for the last uh, six years. <laughs> Well, they're not going to do price. So just remember that. And, and, again, the call to action is we need to stand together. We need to start raising our voices a little bit. We need to start showing that we're standing together. We need to start yeah, sharing I, the fact that we're united. And I think that that's, that's how we're going to get her done. Well, Bobby, again, I'm, I'm, I'm low on time. I'm actually – I had to turn my time machine on where actually I stopped time to continue this show past the point. We're already past the point where I'm supposed to turn it off. So uh, I still got All right. more hey. gifts. To- I always tell people ask for that fast and speedy because usually, guess what? Prosecutors are really lazy, and they've got a lot of cases. <laughs> and if you ask for that fast and speedy, they got to get it done. Don't ever take a plea. <laughs> yep, alcohol prohibition didn't go away by taking a plea. Love you. Yep. Love you. Enjoy it. Yep. Thank you. All right, Thank you very much again, Bobby and Colleen, longtime supporters and active members of the Human Solutions International. Okay, we got George Martorano. Now, George Martorano has been a, a friend of this show for quite a while, long before he ever actually appeared on the show. Um, we worked together while he was uh, languishing behind bars for so many years. Um, but now he's out, and now he's able to uh, start all over again. Imagine starting all over again after 32 years plus of being stopped, you know, uh, living in a, a different universe, a place that has so little to do with what's outside, um, and still being able to keep yourself together, keep yourself current, keep yourself driven, keep yourself positive, keep yourself motivated, keep yourself healthy enough. Um, my God, this guy did it. And here he is, um, still championing our cause and, um, you know, working to help humanity. And here he is, the wordsmith, the amazing George Martorano. Welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. Hi, my West Coast friends, Liz, D.D. Uh, Kirkwood, and everybody. <clears throat> Oh, he was always in my mind and heart. Anyway, real quickly, because for sure, uh, Monday, uh, the governor of New Jersey, Governor uh, Murphy, uh, uh, made a directive that there would be no more arrests for cannabis in the state of New Jersey until uh, September. What he's saying saying is September they're going for a vote uh, for recreational, and it should uh, definitely go to pass. And what he's saying is this. He's not going to prosecute any cases. Now, after September, when it goes to recreational use, of course they'll prosecute because you can go buy it anywhere in the state, uh, recreational <laughs> use legally. So if, you, yeah, if you're a knucklehead and gets caught down a highway driving a van through when it's legal, then they're going to prosecute. But as of Monday, there is no... They're not prosecuting any cannabis cases uh, in the state of New Jersey. So that's a, that's a bold step. 
Also, ladies well, and gentlemen, in our nation, yeah, that happened Monday. Also, in our nation's capital, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if people have their uh, fingers to the pulse, which uh, I try to do and others try to do. Anyway, in our nation capital right now, okay, you can you can go online and you can stay as long as you're staying in the District of Columbia's address. That means I can go right now to uh, the Trump Hotel, which is the most prestigious hotel in, in Washington, D.C. I can go in the Trump Hotel with my phone and order the, 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 the legal statute, which be two ounces of cannabis. I could order two ounces of cannabis, and it would be delivered to me at my home in District of Columbia in a hotel in District of Columbia, as long as it goes from the address of the sender to the receiver. So you go online, and you, uh, you present yourself with your ID, and you order it. Now, how, how it becomes, comes to you comes to you with a, in a bag, they deliver it to you, show that you're the, you show your ID that you're the person that ordered it, and they have a T-shirt or a baseball hat in a bag, and in the bag, is which you actually bought is the T-shirt or the, or the bag for X amount of dollars, and in that bag is two ounces of cannabis. That's going right now. I would like to have a bunch of people from the West Coast Right now, in a van, headed to D.C., and show you what's going right in our nation's capital. Right in our nation's capital. There's several websites where you can order right now. Totally legal. Totally legal. Wow. The only thing you're paying for is a T-shirt or some paraphernalia or baseball cap. And they understand. They, they don't tell you weeds in a bag. They don't say anything. You know it, and they know it. And it's going on right now. I have friends, friends that leave Philadelphia and travel to D.C. just to do it. Wow. Just to do it. That's what's going well, on right now yeah. in our nation. Go online, ladies and gentlemen. There's several websites that will deliver to you, but it has to be from <clears throat> from the district Columbia address that's, that where the order is going. You don't have to be a resident. As long as you show ID and it's going from the district, from the center district Columbia address to the receiver district Columbia address, right now in our nation's capital, and it's been going on. So anyone out there that wants to do a documentary, that I will, I will, uh, I will be the narrator. Just come forward. That's what that's what has to be shown. Right now in our nation's capital. And the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Capitol knows it's going on. So, I mean, what's more hypocritical than that? I mean, we have people doing time for cannabis. People are still being arrested for cannabis. But right now, I can leave my home right now, take a train ride, and go buy two ounces legally, legally, totally legally with the, uh, with the statute in our nation's capital. So, like I said, anyone that's bold, bold enough like I am to do a documentary, I will appear in it and narrate it. I want to share that well, with everyone else. Got what it takes to do that. Get in touch with me, and I will put you in touch with George. All right, Joe. All right. All right. I know George, we're running out of time. Do you have other people? Thank you. 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. But stay strong, stay in your ground because it's a, you know, we I have suffered, I have suffered for decades, and I have no fear to continue on. So we'll this is true. Thank you. Thank All right, George. I appreciate you taking the time. All right, that is a fearless man speaking the truth. Um, all right, we got Creed Leffler on the line now. Creed has been working uh, tirelessly to promote a couple of uh, online petitions, and um, he is on a quest to uh, uh, make connections with a musician, and um, I have a feeling that's what we're going to hear about. Once again, Creed Leffler. Welcome to the show, Creed. Hi. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Good. Been busy. All right. Well, that's better than horrible. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I believe reasonable message. Hi, Cup of Joe. There's been a little update. We currently have 6,375 signatures. If we can get 6,400, that would be huge. I'd like to thank Lisa for all of the behind-the-scenes work that she's been doing for me. Lisa, who is your friend that you texted me about? Is she on LinkedIn, and are you for that matter, so I can connect with her and thank her directly? I would like to share some words from... Uh, I would like to share some words from a couple of songs that really keeps me going on this adventure. Came from the bottom, started out with nothing. That excerpt is from the song Rolling Papers 2 by Wiz Khalifa on the album of the same name. Check it out. It's great. Might as well reach for the stars way up where you belong. Even if you don't make it, you'll still be with the great ones. My past been clear. The bottom, I've been there. My grind took years. Every day, that excerpt is from Reach for the Stars, featuring Bone Thugs and Harmony by Wiz Khalifa off of Rolling Papers 2, the album. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Well, thank you, Creed. And the answer is yes to the LinkedIn. And Lisa will get with you um, and give you all the information you need after the show. All right. Thanks. All right. I, I appreciate you calling in. We'll talk to you next week. All right, folks, again, Bye. Creed Leffler. We will share the information about the uh, video, I mean, about the the petition, but uh, we've had issues with our feed today, and it keeps cutting off, so we'll try to get it on there uh, <clears throat> one way or the other. All right, we got Tom Corby stepping into my time machine for one last moment as we are holding back the fabric of time. Welcome to the show, Tom. Tom Corby. I'm <clears throat> control to Major Tom. So, yeah, uh, I want to thank everybody. They always are so important. And help the volunteers, you know, to help be the solution to finding them prohibition. And, and why I'm still here today? Uh, one of the reasons is they're all making money. Uh, 
when we look back at man in the midst, think about uh, not 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 the people making plea deals and not taking the trial. Uh, I want to add right here, I want to thank them for taking them on. And uh, I like what they're doing. They're bringing that probable cause one way. That's that's the wins in the end. Uh, Also, legislators, when we have talk about the money and big farm and all, and how they lobby Congress to keep our secret plan going. So we're breaking in at prohibition. I want to shout out right here to Robert Jared. Uh, going back, Joe's phone, even before he knew me, way back when. Uh, also, Bob Jared helped. Uh, Joe, with his case, also helped with the fundraisers. And uh, Bob Jared actually wanted to. Uh, introduced me to Frank Sands the other day. Uh, we were we were confident to a reggae fest here, Joe, like we used to. Uh, Dr. Allen, Frank, and I with the Human Solution. Uh, I, I, uh, I sent you a picture. Uh, we had a lot, a lot of uh, uh, people very interested in taking pictures and videos, and we. I had a lot of brochures out. Uh, the problem with it is now, uh, it, it starts with much, uh, $200 for a weekend. Uh, most people can't afford it uh, unless you get a uh, comp in or you come. You can actually come and work and uh, get in that way too. So uh, I want to thank uh, uh, also. Uh, well, everybody did. Nick Moran comes to mind. He's going to be back tomorrow from Alaska. He's been up there uh, with the with the sockeye salmon, uh, and he's coming back. And, uh, that he has, uh, uh, which is uh, which on the nine nine five dismissed probable cause. Uh, all his discovery and Joseph Tully had the biggest little. Northern California, Buchanan, or twelve twelve jury acquittal. What did that say? And what did that? What precedent did that set? From there on, and this is how we're in the prohibition. Uh, we have very many left up here. Uh, Frank Knapp, Alex Bryan, James Benno, Nick Moran, Aaron O'Neill. I could go on and on in Northern California. How we've all had our cases either acquitted or dismissed. So that's what we do. We take them on to trial so everything after we make a sick of you. Okay, I want to thank you, Joe. And for visit up here again, um, don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. <laughs> I will not forget to breathe. And uh, All right, Tom, well, always a pleasure. And I've got a little uh, tidbit I want to share with you all. I'm holding back the fabric of time. Um, I'm going to save something for the very end that I was going to bring on earlier, but somehow we lost track. Um, Once again, another two-full show. I did get one story out of about 200, um, so we got a ways to go. might be 200 episodes before we get done with this. 
this is yet another layer of my challenge, and I couldn't be more serious. As I go along this show, I always welcome anybody to refute anything I say ever. And, um, you know, Stacy called in. If you were to watch the feed of the show last week and you listened to Stacy's uh, comments, you would think that she was very angry, and she was, I'm sure, about the things I was saying. But when she called in and actually had a discussion and heard where I was coming from, she realized, of course, that, you know, this is bigger than any of us. So there's a reason for all of it. <clears throat> I hold this challenge to anybody, um, and that is, tell me why does cannabis need to be taxed and regulated? And I'm going to hear a bunch of BS about what about the children and the safety and all of this, that, and the other thing. Um, but again, we all know, or if we don't, you'll hopefully a few more will learn today, that there's still never been one recorded incident of death by cannabis that can be truly proven. There's been a few claims. Um, and you can get a heart attack from anything. Could you get too high and have a heart attack? Yeah. Did pot kill you? Um, probably not. If I would have jumped out of a corner going, boo, just right at that same time, you might have had the same heart attack. So, I mean, directly directly caused, um, as so many causes of death can be determined. Um, we haven't had that. So, I want to point out a couple of things. I just noticed as I listened to numerous sources of news, and I've been hearing all about these recalls, food recalls. Right. And I think to myself, wait a minute. Food, what Food. more it should be, if anything needs to be regulated, you'd think it would be the stuff that we put in our bodies. So I found a site that is foodsafety.gov. Oh, scary. Most things that are .gov tend to be government oversighted sites, and I don't think you can even have a .gov um, address unless you're somehow connected to the government. So this is what the government's saying, believe it or not. <clears throat> Let's go back just a week, June 13th. Arizona firm issues a voluntary product recall due to undeclared peanuts in superfood salad. Okay, so because this company put peanuts in their salad and people are often allergic to peanuts and can die from eating them, um, they got caught and they recalled it. Okay, now what if... <clears throat> all of our people going, but we we got to know what's in this pot, what's in this pot, what's in this pot, what's in this pot, what's in this pot. Well, guess what? Again, in all of history, whatever was in the pot didn't kill us, ever. doesn't matter what it was. The paraquat didn't even kill us, for God's sake. Back in the days, okay, the pots never killed us. Let's keep going. Utz Quality Food issues allergy alert on undeclared soy in Utz Carolina-style barbecue potato chips. So they got caught putting soy in their stuff. Again, soybeans, for God's sake. You know how many billions of pounds of soybeans are produced all across the world? People are allergic to those sons of bitches. Allergic. All right, let's go on. Aldi voluntarily recalls Anna C. Wasabi, Ahi Pokey, 
Hawaiian Pokey Kits and Limu Ahi Pokey Hawaiian Kits due to storage at incorrect temperatures in area store. So that means this store screwed up and didn't take care of their fish, and it went bad. They got caught. Well, guess what? You can't store pot in a way that can go bad unless it gets moldy and turns to mush. Hey, I'm not saying people should be allowed to sell moldy, mushy pot, but if your pot is moldy and mushy, you'll know it. All right, let's keep going. July 16th, the Pick Sweet Company recalls 12-ounce steamables, baby Brussels sprouts for undeclared milk and soy allergens. Oh, yeah, people are allergic to milk. Okay, look, I, I'm not the guy, the safer Arizona guy, but really, pot has never hurt anybody. Milk has killed people. Okay, here, let's get into some deep, dark stuff. Hy-Vee voluntarily recalls spring pasta salad due to reported illnesses. Contaminated with salmonella. Okay, that's a friggin' deadly illness. You can die from that. Okay, Portland French Bakery issues an allergy alert, undeclared soy. Um, HEB voluntarily issues two variety packs of Creamy Creations ice creams due to broken metal in processing equipment. Okay, um, look, I don't know how you would get broken metal in your pot, okay, but we are so gung-ho on we've got to have parts per billion of this and that and this, and, oh, we got to have the giant bat test, and yet this is allowed rampantly. These are the ones that got voluntarily recalled. There's no agency coming down on them. When are we going to implement a little bit of common sense? Tell me why does pot need to be regulated and taxed? Just one person, one time. Do it. I'll give you a show. You can call in. All right. That's all for now. We're going to leave the time machine, and uh, let's talk to Willie Nelson for just a moment. See what he has to say. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done. You were always on my mind.